This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the latest edition of Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. I'm, my name is Nigel Seeley, and I'm coming to you live from Miami, and I'm joined by our ATP Tour Senior Tennis Handicapper for Because We Win, coming live from South End. It's uh, Sean Calvert. How are you, my friend? It's Leon C, technically, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's cold. It's It's absolutely freezing. I've been watching my little boy play rugby this morning. Football yesterday, and it was just driving that kind of horrible, sleety driving rain, and it's just it's it's not pleasant. It's not it's not twenty eight degrees and and beach weather like what you've got. That's for sure. Yeah, I've got the beach attire on today. I've got a t shirt, the hat. I'm, not, I'm finally after two days of being in my three. It's my third day in Miami. I'm actually going to go and see some tennis because of my problems with my mobile phone wiped me out for one complete day. Uh, yesterday, I was always intending to have a a break and I had a few things planned. So today, Monday and Tuesday, I'll be coming to you live from uh, the Hard Rock Arena where I'll be doing uh, some videos as well as uh, some in-play bets and some analysis there. So finally, three days we get to watch a tennis ball hit in anger. So looking forward to that. Looking forward to today's action as well. Places in the last 16 are up for grabs in the men's draw. Uh, the top half of the draw is where we're in action today. It's where we see the number one seed and the tournament favourite. Before we go into the matches, let's look at the current latest outright prices on the men's singles to win the Miami 1000. Uh, Carlos Alcaraz is the favourite at plus 125. Continually to be heavy supported. Uh, pretty much been very, very impressive over the last three, two or three weeks now. Medvedev is second favourite. The other man in form is plus 350 coming through in the bottom half, which is definitely opening up there in the bottom half. A lot of seeds and casualties out there. Yannick Sinner, our pick, is in third favourite at plus 800. Sit to pass the number two seed is 1100. Felix Auger, Aliasim, someone I think may have a good chance this week, plus 1400. I think the conditions will suit him. Taylor Fritz got a big game today against Dennis Shapovalov, 2000. Herkas, our each way play, still in the draw, opening up in his Just. section. Yeah, he's opening up in his section now, Sean, plus 2200. Yeah. Plus 2200. And Rublev, 2,500. Uh, is obviously the man to beat. We have raised concerns about him. The public still want to bet him. Sinner, but let's talk about Herkas. Just got through, but that section of the draw, that third quarter, he's got a chance to get go deep now. Yeah, now that Cam Norrie's out, that, that makes his life theoretically a little bit easier, but it was again that, that problem that, that Herkas often has. He just doesn't break serve often enough, and it was it was highlighted at great length yesterday, wasn't it, by by Kokinakis in you know, three hours and twenty four minutes, whatever it was, saved about five match points. Sure, he was miles ahead on the, on the, in terms of the service points one and return points one stats. He just he just wasn't able to break serve, and that's 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 been his major problem really at the highest level. Hercash, he's everything else is okay, but he just doesn't break serve often enough. And once again, he's had to go to a final set tiebreaker, but he's through. Um, Cam Norrie's out. Cam Norrie was. 
dismissed really by Gregoire Barre. I said the other day, didn't I, that Barre would probably shape up better this week in quicker conditions than he's had in Indian Wells. And well, I didn't expect him to to beat Cam Norrie so easily. It was a, it was a not a great day from Norrie. Um, he might be paying the price a little bit, Norrie, for the all the all the tennis that he played on the on the Golden Swing on the clay. But whatever the reason was, you know, Barre's taken him down, and now now the next two matches on in theory for Hercash should be should be winnable. Manorino, you know, won't be easy, but he. He should win it, and then he's got the winner of Eubanks against Barrer. So you couldn't ask for much of a nicer draw, could you, for um for her cash? Yeah, then a quarterfinal, probably likely quarterfinal opponent in Daniel Medvedev. Uh, but Felix Auger Sim, I, I quite like him. I think that game Auger Sim against TFO, if they get through, uh, will be a classic in the last sixteen. And I think that uh, whoever wins that's got the beating of Sitsin last time. I think those two could go deep as well. But the the top half obviously is now into plus one twenty five favourite. Uh, we've stated uh, in the in this show all week that we thought he was probably opposable in these conditions, but the public still want to support him. I think obviously if he goes on late or if he goes on early. Then it will suit him the court speed. But I think during the lunch time, so two o'clock, three o'clock, he gets the game. I think the conditions won't do. I think it's definitely faster in the afternoon compared to the early evening and the early start at eleven a.m. Yeah, I mean we've said it all along. The the, the thing, the negative uh, regarding Alcaraz is the is the conditions. You know, I, I can't imagine he's going to be tested that much by by Lajevic today. But bigger tests will come, as as I said right at the start, against some of the more powerful players and. You're right. If he gets if he gets night matches all the way through, which is which is poss- possible, that might happen. Then that would that would be a big plus for him. But you know, if he, if he gets a two three o'clock in the afternoon, maybe four o'clock in the afternoon start against one of the more powerful guys, then we'll we'll see. You know, it's um it's not cut and dried as far as Akira is concerned. No, nor am I. I'm I'm not convinced at all. But the public are the betters on Bet Rivers website are continuing to put their dollars behind the Spanish number one. Let's have a look at today's action. Uh, we have eight matches on the men's draw in action. It starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time, which is just over well, about three hours from where now. We're recording this at eight o'clock, but I'm guessing you'll probably you'll have an hour to get to the website and place your wages. So to start, match, first match off is uh, Alessandro Davidovich Bikina up against Tommy Paul. The American is the favourite here at minus 167 with Bet Rivers. The Spaniard is plus 133. The spread is two and a half and the totals are pitched at 22 and a half. Paul is the number 16 seed. Uh, Davidovich, Vakina, number 20 seed. Uh, they both got pretty similar hard court records this season, but they've met once previously, and it was this year in the Australian Open where Tommy Paul won in three sets of two in an epic uh, match where Davidovich, Vakina had his chances to beat him in probably similar-ish conditions to what they're going to play in today. Uh, a long game before, last time they met. Do you think it could be a, another long one? In the first game in action today, yeah, I do. Um, just just before I come on to that, if we could just talk briefly for a minute about the the trends in the third round because I mentioned at the start of the show, round one at the start of the week. Sorry, round one of Miami, you do get tend to get quite a few underdog winners because of the switching in conditions that a lot of the players are coming from from Indian Wells to Miami. It makes it difficult for them and it makes it more prone to underdog winners. But this this third round of the Miami Open is historically one where very few upsets do occur only 19% of the betting underdogs have won in the last three editions of the Miami Open and only 22% on average from 2010 to 2022 so it's it tends to be around where the favorites have had a match under their belts and they tend to they tend to show their their true form 
So just, you know, we've got to be a little bit careful. There's no one likes backing an underdog more than me, but you've got to be a little bit careful. And these, that's probably these a little of... bit, do you think it's a little bit skewed though, Sean, because of the fact that um, we've had Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, Murray at their peak when they may have been like minus $8 favourites or minus $9 favourites. You know, we probably haven't got... Possibly, but it's it's a very it's a very low, 19% is very low. And there's obviously six, uh, 16 matches to, to get through. You know, the Federer's and the Nadal's, there are only two or three of them. Um, I think it's more to do with the fact that the players have got their feet on, you know, under the table, so to speak. They've got they've got their they're attuned to the conditions now, whereas they aren't in the second round and uh, and first round and upsets are more likely to occur. But that's just my view on it. But that, those are the, just the bare the bare stats. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's an interesting fact, but I, the, the point I was making there really is that we've got our crowds today as a minus fifty, a minus five thousand favorite. Uh, in years gone by, we probably had four or five player, four players in the last sixteen who, or last thirty-two, who would be that kind of price in the dominant forces that we have. But it's mm. an interesting factor, and the favourites do do uh, are, are likely winners. And if you look at the matches today, it's going to be very hard to make a case for many of the underdogs. But um, this one here, this one we're going to start off. This this potentially could be a long one, isn't it? Twenty-two and a half is the line. Um, how do you see that one going? I think they just showed, you know, in, in Melbourne how how closely matched they are, and the fact that Paul will probably edge it because he's just got that more that greater firepower on serve. Um, just that that match, there was the firepower that Paul had on his serve, and the fact that he just was a little bit more solid, and Davidovich felt like he had to go for a bit more. Therefore, he ended up creating, a, sorry, producing more unforced winners. He had sixty six unforced winners that day, Davidovich for Kina. Which sounds a lot, but it is over. It was over five sets, um, and that that could be the case again today. And similarly, similarly quick conditions. Um, if we look at their stats in terms of their service points, one and return points, one on outdoor hard at main level so far this season, there's there's not a lot in it. Davidovich is on 103. Tommy Paul's on 105. So if you just go in on that and on that Australian Open match that they played earlier on in this season, that I mean the prices do look about right, but I, I can't see either man winning this easily. Um, I'm not having a bet on this, but I, I think over two and a half sets at plus one thirty three of Bet Rivers is is quite interesting, or possibly the two one to Tommy Paul at uh, plus two eighty. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. I think this will be a long game. Twenty two and a half the line on the overs would interest me at minus one oh eight. Uh, there's thirty seven different markets on this match and all the matches today. Head over to the Bet Rivers website and remember, if you do place a wager on the tennis today, uh, you'll be able to watch it live on your mobile device or your laptop or whatever forms you'll be using to place your wages. Uh, all the matches are streamed live on the Bet Rivers website today. So let's uh, uh, bear that in mind. And most of the game tournaments on the HP Tour are also streamed as well. So head that across. So a close one. We think the opening up is going to be a close one between Tommy Paul and Davidovich for Kina. One that probably won't be as tight when we can suggest by the betting is the game on at 12.15 uh, p.m. today. It's Holger Runa up against uh, Diego Schwartzman. Schwartzman has had a very, very poor season by his high standards. Minus 6.25 for the young Norwegian, plus 4.40 for Schwartzman. The spread here is a very high five and a half games, which is very high over the best of three set matches. And the total games are pitched a lot lower, 19 and a half here. Uh, they've played, uh, never played before, uh, but uh, Runa obviously on the upward curve on his career and Schwartzman certainly on his data this year seems to be a player who's going rather backwards at an alarming rate. Um, talking about favourite betters, this is one that you 
we can't really see much of a case for the underdog here, surely. Yeah, I was I was tempted to back Schwartzman in the last round against Wu just on the price. And Wu was really short. He's about 1.4 to beat Schwartzman, which in hindsight, I, I should have taken Schwartzman to, to do something there. But I, I just couldn't trust him. I backed him, didn't I, to do something against Rude in Indian Wells. And he was he was poor again, wasn't he? Lost straight sets there pretty pretty easily to to Casper Rude. Um, as reg- as regards Rune, you know, is he, he was great in the first round, wasn't he? I I thought Fuksovic would at least make him make him play, you know, bring out his best form. And I suppose in a way that's what he did. Um, it was an impressive performance from Holger Rune. I mean, fairly typical showing from um from Fuksovic in the sense that you can see that his serve right at the end of both ended up um ended up ruining my over twenty one and a half total games by one game drop serve. Right at the end of both sets, which which uh, did for that bet somewhat, but um, I just think it's a case of heavier weapons. Rune's just got too many weapons for um, Schwartzman uh, in these sort of conditions. You know, it's 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 much quicker in Miami this year, as we've said several times. Um, I just can't I can't see this current version of Schwartzman really coping if Rune produces the same level today that he produced against Fuksovic. Yeah, and the odds definitely suggest that. Very, very heavy favourite for Holger Rune, minus 625. The spread is five and a half. I can't argue with those prices, but for me, it'd be a swerve. No bet for me. Just watch it and expect the uh, the young Norwegian to dominate and progress through to the last 16. Um, next game, 115. Uh, probably the biggest game of the ma- biggest match of the day, I would suggest. Um, Taylor Fritz, uh, home support here in Miami. Uh, obviously, won the Indian Wells last year. Up against Denis Shapovalov, a player who hasn't had the best of 2023s, who is sometimes vulnerable in the big matches, starts fast, but then obviously his serve completely goes when Fritz's serve is very reliable. But if you look at the head-to-head between the two of them, very heavily in favour of Shapovalov. He's won six of their nine encounters. The latest match was in Acapulco this year, which Fritz had won. But this season's form on hard, Taylor Fritz, very dominant, 17 and 4, compared to Shapovalov at 6 and 5. And that would probably explain why Taylor Fritz is a heavy favourite. Minus 278, Shapovalov is plus 220. Uh, the spread's 3.5 and, and the total's 22.5. This looks a long one. If you look at their head to head record, a lot of long matches between the two of them. And uh, Shapovalov is a player, though he's not in great form, has given Fritz problems in the past. Yeah, it's given him plenty of problems. And I think this is the one in terms of betting value that stands out to me above anything else today. I think he's he's a definite underdog with with possibilities if he plays his, his best tennis, which he hasn't been playing recently, but that, that doesn't mean he's not going to continue to play. He's actually got a pretty good record here, Chapeau. Former semi-finalist, he's won um, nine of his 13 matches at this tournament. I think he just he just likes the atmosphere. He likes playing in these sort of rowdy atmospheres when there's you know there is a the crowd are into it. You know, a lot of, a lot of these tournaments on the ATP tour, you know, they, they can be a little bit insipid sometimes, you know, particularly in the early rounds, not many people there or, or whatever, but this, this is a, a tournament where people get behind the players and it does create an atmosphere. And that's what Shapovalov likes. And as I say, he's got an excellent record here. Fritz, not really a very good record here. Seven, six win loss Fritz. I, I, I'm not convinced that he's so good in these hot and humid conditions. It, it, he hasn't convinced me in them so far. But this is mainly about the head-to-head. I mean, uh, Shapovalov's beaten Fritz, as you said, six times from from nine career meetings, eight at main level. Um, and if we just look, look at the eight matches that we do have data for, one of them was an exhibition, which so we don't have data for that. But 
Shapovalov leads the, leads the service points one and return points one totals of those meetings by 103 to 97. Now, yes, some of those matches were quite a while ago, but if we just look at the last three, the most recent three, which were all played within the last year or two, um, Fritz won two of them, but it's still Shapovalov that, that emerges with the better stats in terms of service points won and return points won by 102 to 98. So it's it's been a, a very favourable matchup for Shapovalov over the years. I just think that Fritz sometimes when he's playing left-handers, it's that thing we we come back to again about Nadal at Wimbledon when he he just refused to go away from his stock his stock shot, which is the cross court backhand into the lefty's forehand, and very rarely does he deviate down the line with it. And I, I just think it's it's asking for problems against against left-handers. Um, Chapo's just lack of consistency hasn't really helped him. Sometimes in this matchup, Fritz is all Fritz has had to do sometimes is be solid and wait for the mistakes from Shapovalov. That that might well be the case again today, but. I just think this price on this matchup, I just think that price is too short. It's just based on Chapeau coming here into Miami, having lost five of his last six matches, 13 double faults against Guido Pella in the first round, but he got through it and he was pumped. I don't know whether you saw it, but he was really fired up when he won that match. I just think that that combined with the fact that he knows he can play well in Miami, he's got a good record here, he enjoys the conditions. Um, beat Fritz at the US Open on a lay cold surface, the same as this one, similarly hot and humid conditions. It's a possibility. I just think it's it's hard to ignore that price. This is the biggest price that either of these two guys has been in this matchup in any of these nine matches. So if you are looking for value today, I, I just think, yes, it's risky with Shapovalov, but you know I took 3.5. You can still get 3.2 with Bet Rivers. I think that's that's a pretty decent um, decent price. Yeah, I, I like that as well. I also like the, the handicap. I think the handicap, obviously, I think we've, I've alluded to it before when we've spoken about it here. Whenever you play a Fritz match, uh, Fritz usually wins a lot of sets with tie breaks, seven six, seven five, that kind of stuff. So and there's a lot can... more tie breaks this year as well. Just sorry, just to put in there, but just like this is a good time to just mention that it's, it's 45% of the matches have featured a tie break so far at this Miami Open. Now the average for the previous three editions that were played at the Hard Rock was 35%. So way, way more likelihood of a tie break this year in Miami than than previous years. Sorry, go on, mate. So that, that that helps me even more because that brings in that three and a half. It was the likelihood of a seven six seven six win or a seven six seven five. You would expect if there was a burnout, someone to win six three six two something like it would more likely come from Shapovalov than Fritz. Mm. That's the, when you get big servers. So the spread here at three and a half really does tempt me because you could actually still lose the match and still win on the handicap. That's one of the reasons why I like playing the handicap at big numbers against big servers because whoever they play, they tend to win seven six rather than a 6-1 or 6-2 or something like that, some some strategies that I've used over the years. But definitely uh, in agreement with you, Sean, Denis Shapovalov, if he turns up and plays the tennis that we know he can and in what he has done previously in Miami, he is a real threat today against Taylor Fritz. And the current odds is plus 220. Uh, the money has come for him. Sean Calvert has been on. So that, that the bookies have paid respect and they've moved the line from plus 250 to plus 220 currently now with Bet Rivers. So head across to the website to hit that price. Um, similar time this afternoon, 1.35, Andre Rublev. Up against uh, Kekmanovic. Rublev is a minus $4 favourite. Kekmanovic is $3. The spread here is 3.5. The totals are 21.5. They've met once before, and Rublev, the number six seed, won that match, which isn't surprising. Uh, he won it quite convincingly in Doha last in, no, sorry, in 2020, 6 3 6 1. Um, how do you see this match playing out? 
I think Rublev's a little bit short based on the data, based on the hardcore data. Um, if we look at the last 12 months on, on this surface, outdoor hard, main level, again, service points, one return point, one to- points, one totals. Kekmanovic is on 100, Rublev 103, which is all right. It's not, it's not fabulous. I'm not sure it makes him a 1.29 chance. Um, he was 1.5. He was priced up at 1.56 for this match, that match that you talked about in Doha. Um, now he's 1.29. I, I, I think that's too short. I mean, he'll probably win. It's not. It's not like a particularly fancy Kekmanovic. I mean, Kekmanovic has played well here in the past in Miami. He's he's a difficult one to to call. He played well in Delray Beach as well, Florida. Um, you know, a month or so ago. It's a possibility. I think if if Kekmanovic turns up and plays his absolute best best tennis, I think he's got half a chance. But it's I don't think I'd back it. It's one of them. I'd, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Rublev in any any parlays at one point two nine. That's for sure. But I'm not I'm not totally sold on kick match. It's, I think it's one you can mark down for possible rather than yes. Let's let's bet it. Yeah, difficult one. Rublev minus four dollars. Um... Favourite bettors might want to put it in a parlay, but for me and Sean, it's definitely not one that we'll be taking. Um, Carlos Alcaraz, I mean, from a betting perspective, this is very, very hard to find any uh, value on the money line. Minus 33,000 to beat Lavich at plus 1,400. The spread here is six and a half. Probably that's more interesting. And the totals, which we'll probably see money, is over and under 18 and a half. I I don't see any way that Lavich will make this competitive. I think Alcaraz should win very, very comfortably. They've met three times before. No surprise, Alcaraz has won on every single occasion. But they haven't, the last game they played, the last match they played, they played twice this year. They played in uh, Buenos Aires. It was 6-4, Yeah. And they played 6-4, 7-6. Yeah, it was, so you, you had chances, Lajevic, in that match in Rio. But they were probably on the court that Lajevic would probably be a little bit more happy with. Oh, but yeah. All, yeah. Yeah, as well. But 3-0, um, I think the line really here, Sean, is is we 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 you know we we fully expect our crowds to win, but what is, is there any value in the handicap, or is there any value in one of the props, or is there any way you can see that some kind of betting that we can get with our crowds or against our crowds on one of the lines that are much more attractive price rather than the money line? I think if I was made to have a bet on this match, I'd probably take over over the games. You know, Leibich has been playing some very very good tennis. You know, he had he had um, a matchup against Cressy, which he which he hated. He said beforehand, you know, he hates he hates facing players like Cressy, but he he stayed patient and he he found a way to win. He's been playing some good stuff, Lajevic. He's not, you know, he beat Andy Murray as well. He beat you know you've beaten Andy Murray and you beat Cressy in straight sets, both of them, and you're coming off a good golden swing. You know, if this if this was a a slower Miami court, then you know I might be tempted to do something with Lajevic. I mean, he doesn't like quick conditions. We know that, but I, I do think he can. Maybe take it past the overs. If you're having a bet on this, I'd probably take the over games. I think Alcaraz will win. He'll probably win it in straight sets, but it, it may well not be like a 6-3, 6-3. I think it might be a little bit tougher than that. Yeah, like I say, 2023, uh, Rio de Janeiro, earlier in the year, last time they met, 23 games in that match. And in Buenos Aires, there was 18. Australian Open as well. Two easy sets for Alcaraz uh, last year. But in the final set, was 7-5. So, um, yeah, eight, over 18.5 could be some interest. Uh, also, you want to, you know, it's um, you you want to probably play a little bit on call, get get going as well. So Alcaraz doesn't, you know, six, they probably want something six three six club, but uh, sure I he does. Ten and a half games. I think there could be a little bit of interest for any recreational betters. Um, next game today at two fifty five, 
this is an interesting one for me. Uh, Ruzavori uh, against Tara Daniel. Minus 186 for Ruzavori. Plus 148 for Tara Daniel. The spread is minus one and a half. And the totals are 22 and a half. Now, neither of these players would probably have expected to reach this far. But they're here. Um, but I look at this and I think there's there's a big overreaction to Ruzavori's form. He's seven and seven on hard courts this year compared to Tara Daniel, who's 13-7. They did meet once before in 2020 where Ruzavori won very, very easily. But I think Tara Daniel here, uh, in these conditions, and it's being very, very underrated by the books. Yeah, I, I said it before there's very much tonight that Daniel could do something against Zverev. I, I didn't expect him to beat him six love. I mean, that was... You've had some peculiar results in this Miami. That, that was certainly one of them. I don't think many people would have backed Daniel to win the first set six love against Zverev, given how strong Zverev is on serve, but he was awful. Um, I did mention that Zverev has struggled many, many times in his opening match in Miami, so it wasn't a, wasn't a surprise to me that Daniel made it competitive. It was a surprise that he beat him in straight sets. I thought Zverev would probably nick it 2-1, but... You know, Daniel's a player that you've got to beat him. He's not going to beat himself. Um, it is a possibility that Daniel does have the capability to win this match. It, it all, I think it all depends on Rusev Wai, though. The match, the match is on his racket. If, you know, if Rusev Wai plays his best stuff, I, I expect he'll win. If he doesn't, then he's in trouble. In terms of the, the service points, one and return points, one this season uh, at main level, Rusev Wai is 103, Daniel 98.5. Um, I think, and the previous the previous head to head, Daniel only won two points on his second serve the entire match, which is eleven percent. Um, that's obviously going to be an area where Rusevoy is going to try and attack. So, I think it's possible. I think it just depends on on which version of Rusevoy turns up. If it's the good version, he'll probably win. If it isn't, it might go Daniel's way. I think that's a big difference in what I've seen so far. I thought Tyra Daniel played well. I know Zverev is awful, but. Daniel didn't give him any chance, didn't give him any many chances, and he played very aggressive tennis. And uh, he was obviously not fit, so there was obviously a problem with him. But uh, I just thought plus one forty eight was a was a bit of value on that one. Possibility, it's a possibility. I'm not sure it's value on this on the data, but it it's definitely one where where you wouldn't be at all surprised if the underdog won that one. The final two matches today, and we move on to the evening session. Uh, today at 7 o'clock, our man Yannick Sinner, our pick at 1,100 to win in Miami. He's up against Grigil Dimitrov, minus 435. Sinner, plus 325. Dimitrov, the spread is minus 4.5. The totals are 21.5. Uh, Sinner has played Dimitrov once before, uh, but Dimitrov won it, and that was in 2020 in Sinner's backyard in Rome on clay. But roll the clock on three years. Uh, Sinner's a very, very different character now to what he is, uh, what he was then. Yeah, I still think this will be a tough match, though. I think this will be a real test for Sinner. You know, he, he wasn't he wasn't great in his opening round match against Jerry. Uh, he just about did enough uh, on the day to beat Jerry. But you know, we've we've said many times it's difficult moving from Indian Wells. To Miami, it's it's not. A, I'm not that concerned about the fact that he wasn't very good in the first in his first match. I still think this will be a challenge, though. You know, Dimitrov on his day is still very decent. His problem has really been staying fit, which which he's not really been able to do in the last sort of two or three years. Um, but if just looking at the raw data uh, in terms of the service points, one return points, one at main level, one outdoor hard in the last twelve months, Sin is very good on one hundred six. Dimitrov's on one hundred three point five, which is slightly higher than the number we talked about with Rublev earlier on. So it's still a, a decent a decent stat. Um, 
you know, in terms of the service hold and break totals, again, on this surface in the last year, Sinner 109, Dimitrov 105. So, you know, the numbers suggest that this is going to be a test for Sinner. Um, over games is very, very possible. You know, Dimitrov had to really fight and scrap to beat uh, Struff in his opening round. Um, that was a really good match, actually. Struff, again, had a chance to win it. Yet again, in, in typical Struff fashion, didn't didn't see it through or wasn't able to see it through. If you're having a bet on this, I, I think Sinner to win it 2-1 at plus 265 with Bet, bet Rivers is, is perhaps the bet. I, or, or just take over the games. I think this will be pretty competitive. Yeah, 21 and a half of the overs uh, at minus 125. Our pick, Yannick Sinner. We expect to get through. We expect him to make it through to the last 16, but it might be a little bit of a, a close one. Could struggle his way through against uh, Dimitrov, who's always a a proven performer over the years. Uh, the final match, 8.30pm uh, this evening, Eastern time. Uh, Kasper Rud not in the greatest of form against Botic van der Sandschlup. Uh, Kasper Rud is minus 295. Van der Sandschlup is plus 230. Uh, the spread is 3.5. The totals are very high at 22.5. Uh, the one thing I would say, it's a lot, obviously a lot cooler uh, for Rud this evening at 8.30. So the scheduling has been very, very kind to him if you are looking to get or with or against... Uh, uh, the Rude um, is a 2-1 head-to-head uh, to Van der Sandschlup, uh, surprisingly. But uh, Rude did win their last match uh, in Rome last year on clay. The only time they've met on a hard court was a win for Van der Sandschlup over four sets in the 2021 US Open. I thought this could potentially be a shock here. I thought Van der Sandschlup could, uh, wanted to get with him in some kind of capacity. But the scheduling has been a bit of a worry for me. Yeah, you you would, if you're Casper Rude, you want to be playing at the time that he's playing, rather than about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I would have thought. Um, as you said, Van der Zandschlup beat him on a lay-cold surface at the US Open. Similar conditions to to today. Um, you know, he's proven a tough opponent for for Casper in their their three meetings. But what concerns me is, Van der, there's two things about Van der Zandschlup that, that concern me. One is he never looks fit. and he, You know, he, I don't know whether he's got just a lingering problem that he hasn't got rid of, but he all seems to be struggling with his fitness recently uh, and his hard court data isn't, isn't great. You know, in terms of his service points, one return points, one at main level on this surface last 12 months, it's only a hundred. Um, Rude is, is better on 104. What's what perhaps surprising when I looked at these numbers is that van der Zanskorp's only winning 62% of his service points, which is surprising for a, a guy who can, who can send some serves down with pace. And he's only won forty five percent of his second serve points, which is not not really good enough. Um, it's difficult to judge Rude because Ivashka was really really poor against him in the in the last in the last round. I was expecting much more from Ivashka, but he he didn't really produce. Uh, does that mean Rude's back to his or getting back towards his best form? Yeah, possibly. It's hard to judge it on that match. Um, I'm also concerned about Van der Zanskul in terms of the fact that he had a long match against. Popperin in the previous round, and he has had fitness issues, as I said. Um, it's possible, yeah, if, if Anders Anskult plays his best game, uh, comes out with his absolute best tennis, then he's got a chance. I just think that scheduling and the physical issues and his you know, his, his data isn't great. I, I don't think it's worth a, a betting the underdog in this one particularly. It could be another one for over games or possibly 2-1 to Rude at um, plus 300 with Bet Rivers is a possible option as well. They're the links. They're your uh, sort of picks and your your advice, what's your official picks that are going to go down the records here on the podcast? I was going to take a chance on Shapovalov to let that price. I think that's the value, if there is any value today. I think definitely think it's with, with Shapovalov. 
Shapovalov to beat Taylor Fritz at plus two twenty. I must I must make a correction. I did, I, I said that Holger Rune was Norwegian. He's actually Danish. I should have realised. I was I was getting confused with Rune. Uh, obviously, I didn't notice. I must admit, but yes, you, you're right. I didn't notice that, but yes, correct. I, I, when I was reading, but uh, he's actually Danish. I was thinking about Casper uh, Rude rather than Rune. Uh, anyway, um, I've asked if you could anybody has any questions uh, to send through to the podcast. We've got one question on Twitter, Sean. I'm just going to quickly get it for you. Uh, just someone just asked me, um, do you have a database of natural slow courts and fast courts on tour on an annual basis? Or is there any way you can find out uh, where to get that information from? Uh, I have a an ATP tour guide actually, which which is available for purchase, which I um, update every week. It's got all the statistics of all the all the tournaments uh, in terms of service holds, first serve points won, all that sort of stuff. Is that is that what you mean? So yeah, so I mean, um, and this is a message from uh, on Twitter. So what I'll do is I'll get the I'll get them to, to to message you, and you can ask any question. So if you want to check out any of those court speeds, Sean offers that's uh, on his on his Twitter handle. So just give Sean a follow and give him a DM, and he'll be able to get you in contact with all the stuff that you need there. Uh, just remember, there's three ways you can uh, follow us here on Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can download this podcast on your preferred podcast provider. Uh, all we have to do is search for Betting Weekly Game Bet Match. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is the Bet Rivers Network, and see all the fabulous content. Uh, it's World Cup, so European Championship qualifiers uh, this weekend, and England are in action in a few hours, and there's some soccer picks on there from uh, Rodri Barlow and also uh, Harry Simeon. And also you can follow us on Twitter at Because We Win, uh, where sort of our handicappers give their picks, give some in-play advice. So I'll be putting some in-play action up over the next three days uh, following Sean's picks and also Roy Giovanni's picks, who's in good form on the WTA event this week in Miami. He's got... Uh, Ostapenka going for us at a massive 80 to 1. Um, Sean will be back on Tuesday. Uh, we'll be looking ahead to the men's action on in the Miami uh, Open. And tomorrow I'll be joined by Rory Giovanni uh, to look at the women's actions as we start a new week here in Florida. Sean, thank you very much for joining us always. Um, thank, Pleasure. thank you. Enjoy the tennis. Thank you. And thanks everybody for watching. Uh, please subscribe and obviously leave a message. And if you've got any questions, send them through to us and we'll mention them here on the podcast. Take care, everyone, and have a good day. Thanks for listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network.